Blog Talk Radio. So I may be a stay-at-home dad, but I still ask dumb husband questions. You know, things like, what'd you do with my favorite shirt? Or can we put plastic in the dishwasher? Or how many kids do we have? I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. It's a good Friday morning to you on May 15th. 2020, that's right, I give you the day and the year, just in case you forgot, because sometimes I do. I almost wrote 2030 the other day when I was writing the date, and uh, it's not that yet. We haven't been in that long, but we've been in for a pretty good amount of time, and I am joined today here on Brett from the Bunker with by Sharon Simon. Sharon, hello. Hi, Brett. How you doing? I'm doing okay. That is my question for you. I ask everyone this, how are you holding up? I'm doing fine. I don't have a problem with this. Everybody I'm close with is healthy, and so if I can't ever see the sunshine again, I mean, big deal. So are you really not going out? I I went out. I went out uh, last week because we had a plumbing incident, and so I needed to pick up Drano. And I live live in Washington Heights, and where I live, people are not social distancing, and they're not wearing masks and they're angry. So it was it was five people cut in front of me in my attempt to social distance. A dog humped me. Someone breathed on me. It was just, there was no point. But I have to go out next week because, as you may or may not be aware of, de Blasio uh, decided to have one week of alternate side of the street parking, which means that on Tuesday I have to call AAA, have the car jump, drive it around, all that stuff. Wow. So in all yeah. this, they didn't I thought they suspended alternate side of the street. They did. It's been suspended and it's going to be suspended again, but they just want to sh- clean the streets for the one week. So nice. next week it's in effect. Wow. Yeah. Are you are you annoyed cuz I'm sort of annoyed for you? I'm a uh... So so you you probably know, but I don't know who's listening there or may not know. I have to pass by New York Presbyterian in order to get to my car, which means I'm going to be in a very hot neighborhood in terms of the virus. So I'm concerned about that. But on the other side, I since I need to drive the car around, since it has to be jumped, I'm going to take it as an opportunity to go somewhere, which I haven't done. Oh, so nice. Well, yeah, I'm probably going to go to Coney Island because there are places where you can look at the ocean from the car. That's a really good idea. So, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and then I'm going to get home and get very drunk because I'm annoyed at it, but, you know, what are we going to do? Now, you were it's, not drinking for a while, but you have you have, you have clearly changed your mind. Yeah, I went two months without drinking, which is the longest I've ever gone since I'm like 14 years old, but I did a Zoom show. I did my first Zoom show, and it was actually for Sobar, which is a sober, uh, a sober outing club. And after I performed and then I saw how other people were able to use Zoom, I realized that, like, I don't really drink because 
I want alcohol. I drink because I have trouble tolerating other comedians being funnier than me. <laughs> so I've been drinking ever since. <laughs> so, so comedy drove you to drink, as it as it does so yep. often. As it, does, as it does with all of us. Um, Absolutely. So, so let me ask you this. This is something I, that sometimes comes up. Like, do, you have, do you have any feeling of like, when you think we're going to get back? I don't know what that means anymore. So I, I had had in my mind that at the beginning of June we would be getting back to normal. But that's no longer even remotely realistic because we're not going to go from this to – our normal and we're not even going to go from something that seems normal for the rest of the country to normal in a comedy club i can't think of a a more of a hotbed for illness than the inside of most comedy clubs Hmm. maybe a sauna maybe that would be worse (laughs) because we're just all packed in and it's dark and yeah it's a basement and yes at some point i think about two weeks ago my my focus shifted from thinking in terms of when we're going to get back to normal to what can I do today? What can I get done today? What can I do to make today feel good and feel productive? And That's very part of that has to do with me going back to drinking because I can't, I can't tolerate myself drinking if I did do something first. So I'll be like, mm-hmm. what do you want to get done today? If you do a, uh, ABC, then you can drink. And up until the time you do that, you can't have any food. So I just set that bottle of wine aside and, like, make it like a, what do I have to do to earn some of you? I that, but so, I like that. More, I, I, I think I've been inadvertently you. doing that. Like, I make a list every day. And I, and I, I don't mm-hmm. have to finish it all because there are certain things on there where, you know, like, I have to find my DVD drive for my computer. I have no mm-hmm. idea where that is. So I put it on the list because I know I got to do it. <sighs> but if I don't do it today, it's I, not the end of the world. I have few things in my life that I would like to do less than look for a DVD drive. Like that sounds nightmarish. Well, I mean, it's it, it's part of it's also part of unpacking. We we moved about six months ago, so gotcha. there's a lot of boxes. Yeah. You know, um, and the idea of it is so I can get some data off of one computer in order to make it more usable. Mm-hmm. It's it's all it, you know it, it's a whole thing, but yeah, the but well, but I'm, there is definitely I'm like the drinking happens. You, you are. You are What'd very, you very productive. You're getting, oh, you're getting you. lots done. You're super productive. You're, you're out and about on the, um, in the internet world every day. So, it's awesome. I, that's sort of how I decided. Like, if I just sit here, like people are talking about, you know, like, like not, like I know people who are really not doing anything, and I'm like, well, you got to do something. Like, you got, I just that's that's how I that that's how keeping busy is sort of how I stay sane. That's that's sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that has been great about comedy is that comedy comedy keeps me very busy. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot to mm-hmm. do. Um, it, it, particularly particularly when you're in the more starting out stages, because you got you know you got to go to open mics, you know, and, and those are most of the open mics I go to are during the day, so mm-hmm. that keeps the day very busy. And then maybe there's you know if you're hopefully mm-hmm. there's a show at night, um, and then you're producing a show, and there's you know you're busy with that. There's you know there's there's a lot of aspects to it. Um, how, yeah. how did you find doing it's, it's, doing comedy on Zoom? So I was uh, I was pretty bad the first one, and I'm also not that technical. So every time I seem to do a show, I have some kind of technical difficulties. Tonight will be another one, but I'm I'm prepped for them now. I I've, I've got that aspect down, and I 
So my first one was, like I said, I drank after because I was not embarrassed because I think I did okay considering, but I didn't do okay considering I've been a comic for 20 years. I did okay considering I'd never done a, a Zoom show and it showed. Um, really hopeful that nobody tapes it and that it goes away. Hmm. Uh, since then, I've been working with friends daily to practice working with this medium. And this is this is my personal feeling. This is not everyone's going to agree with me, but I do not think Zoom and stand-up comedy is 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 a real match. But I think doing Zoom shows is very smart because I think it'll make us better comedians for when we are back out in clubs, even if that's a year from now. Uh, now, why do you think that? What, what about Zoom do you so, think lends itself to making us better comedians? So I'm a, I'm a real, like, club comic. I'm somebody who came up in New Jersey and in really, really rough rooms where you had to come out battling to get people's attention. And my background is in improv, so I've done, like, a massive amount of crowd work, and that's, that's my gift. And I've been working that gift for years and years and years, and on some level that's probably held me back from getting things like TV appearances that I so much want to be a part of, because how do you do a five-minute tight set for a TV show when you are best laughs are all from making fun of people and battling. It doesn't, right. It's not what they do. I saw years ago, I saw Paula Poundstone did a special where it was all crowd work, but she was already a star and it's super rarity. So with a Zoom, I'm forced to do planned out material and treat it like me talking through a monologue, but just talking as opposed to that rough ride of stand-up that's been so fun and I love doing, but holds me back from getting to another place. Hmm. Um, now, do you wait for laughs, or do you, or do you just plow through on the on Zoom? I mean, I'm trying to just talk, like I'm trying to just speak naturally. So I've done Zoom shows. Zoom shows, as you know, you can hear the audience. So there might be some people laughing and we can pause and let them laugh. But when you do IG live shows or Facebook live shows, you don't know who's there, what they're, the only feedback you get is through the chat room. So you can't really pause for that. So right. I try to just talk, talk in a natural tone and at a natural speed. And for the first time ever do what I want. I'm doing jokes about the coronavirus because that's where I am. That's where everybody is. And I don't feel guilty about it because that's what the venue is. The venue is my kitchen. Once we're back out there, I'll be writing different. And I don't, I never had this much free time. My whole life I've never had this much free time. So I'm writing every day and I'm writing new stuff every day. And I just want to say it. Once we're back out there, none of this stuff will be funny anymore anyway. So that's fun to use it. I had that thought today. Like I, I actually, actually keep having this thought. Like a lot of what I'm what I'm spending mm-hmm. my time doing is writing jokes that are very much of the moment, and it's sort of like these are not mm-hmm. going to be relevant, you know, once we're back. But at the same time, mm-hmm. this is what's going on now. So how can I ignore it? Yeah. Like it just, you know, like it just it would feel silly to to get up there. Like some, you know, I I I, I do practice. I have you know sort of my set, and I've been practicing it mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I feel like it's good to just sort of you know get those words out. 
but and you know, but some of them like there's a, there's a joke I do about growing up in New York and going to Times Square, and it's like, well, you don't really want to do that mm-hmm. now, you know, like that doesn't really make any sense in right, this moment. Right. Like mean, so, you know, some things you can adapt, you know, some things are okay. Yeah. But but there are other things, where, you know, anything where it goes the other day, I, you know, it better be the other day I was watching Netflix, or you're not really <laughs> telling the truth, you know, <laughs> like that. Like I, I saw, I've seen comedians do that at Mike, so it's kind, it's sort of like. You know, you got to make an adjustment there. Like it's not, you know, it's not a big deal if mm-hmm. that's what you're working on at a mic, obviously. But you know, you do have to make that shift. To, you know, into the other day I wasn't wearing pants or whatever it is. So I, I think there's something really awesome about the lack of pressure too. So when you're in a club, you know this. You, you are expected to get a, a certain amount of laughs per minute, or else there's an issue, or else the energy in the room. The energy in the room slows down. But on these Zoom shows, there's none of that pressure. So you can actually feel a lot more free to experiment with things. Oh, I like that. So I'm enjoying that, too. I, I like yeah. that. That's a good way. I like looking at it that way. That's a perspective that I had not had because I, I, tend, I tend to stress about shows, like not in a, in a bad mm-hmm. way, but I just, you know, I sort of use that energy. And even, even with the Zoom, like, the, you know, there's – I guess the, a lot of the Zoom shows I've done, I've been hosting. And when you're hosting, there's a mm. lot of technical stuff. It's actually a lot more mm. than I would have expected. Um, you got you got to spotlight every video. You got to make sure, if, like, if somebody's talking or if there's feedback from somebody's mic, you got to mute them. You know, like, there's, mm. you're, 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 I, I find I don't really pay that much attention to everybody's set unless everything is nice and quiet. Mm. You know, right. Um, right. I had, I had one show, and this one guy was laughing hysterically. And you could see that he was laughing, and the comic said, "Can you turn his mm-hmm. ma- his mic on?" I was like, "No, nah, he's feeding back. Like you won't be able to hear you." Like so, right, I, and I felt right. bad because the guy because he was really way into it. It would have been nice to have that laughter, but yeah. you know, you just not if he, not if we're getting too much feedback on the on the mic there. So yeah, it's it's interesting, I, but no, I, I like I like that low pressure mm-hmm. idea. I think that's real. I think that's really I, I think that's a really good way to look at it. No, you know, I have a, I have a, a new bit which you'll hear on Monday. I've been working on some jokes about Pluto because I find Pluto's ejection from being a planet really interesting, and I relate to it, and it makes me feel emotional. That I don't know that I would feel confident to do these jokes in a nightclub because they're so specific. But on Zoom, it's fine, and everybody's reading and thinking and watching. <laughs> right. Well, there is something and interesting in that every. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, finish what you were going to say. One of the things I'm working on is not interrupting people. I don't know if that's because of my family or it's a Jewish thing, but it's a horrible habit. It's, it, I totally agree. I, I, I do it sometimes on this show, and some of it is like – like when you do a, when you do a podcast and it's in person, you can see mm-hmm. the other person's face. It's much easier to get a rhythm of the conversation. Um, with this, like you just it, – it, it's just – it's something I'm working on too. So it's definitely yeah. – <laughs> as you say, I don't know if it's a Jewish thing or if it's just a chatty thing. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, uh, but I am also working on that. No, what I was going to say is um, you were talking about writing stuff that was very, very, very specific, and everybody's kind mm-hmm. of sharing an experience right now. 
which mm-hmm. is, which is really fascinating. So what what does happen at, at open mics at least is there's a lot of the same jokes. Like there were there were enough Tiger King mm-hmm. jokes to fill a book. And 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 they, for me mm-hmm. they got old. I didn't watch the show. I didn't really care. Um, but also even if I had, it's like guys, there are other things going on in the world besides the Tiger King, and those faded. But at the same time, you know, it's right. it's a shared experience, and I wonder if that's maybe an opportunity for joke writing. I think it's an awesome opportunity. I've talked to friends about this that we are sharing the opportunity of isolation and the coronavirus and fear, but our individual experiences are wildly different. I'm the only person I know, except the exception of one other comedian, who's in isolation with one other person and a parrot. I'm the only person (laughs) I know who (laughs) taught their 85-year-old flip phone father how to use FaceTime and Zoom. I have a dad who refuses to stay inside. He's in the babies. All of this is my unique experience. Um, I also have found, I don't know if you're finding this, but my friends and family that are in the suburbs are angry and agitated and complaining in ways that we in New York aren't. And we're stuck in little apartments without cars, and they're calling me to be angry about the fact that they can't do everything they want when I haven't seen the sunshine in two months. Yeah, that you've told me that before, and that's really interesting to yeah. me. I don't know what that's about. Like, I mean, do you have any now, sense of think, why they're like that? Um, I have two. I have two, and neither of them are very nice. But I think, oh, okay. first off, I've had a real, I, I've had a bit of a rough life, and I've had to develop skills to tolerate uh, uncertainty. I I think this is interesting. I mean, as a comedian, a minister, speaker, I'm a shift worker. All of my work is in shifts. So having something get canceled is normal. Things get canceled. Things get mm-hmm. postponed. Now everything's gotten canceled or postponed. And I've got to be okay with it because I can't fight it. And I've learned that, like, to just not crash with the wave, but to just go with it and be like, okay, so what am I going to do? All right, I taught myself how to edit. Things like that. Whereas a lot of these other people, some of the adversity that they've they've struggled with, obviously everyone over a certain age has dealt with some of the sadness of loss. But other than that, if you haven't dealt with any real strong adversity, this is a big shock to the system. I am mm. also was working so hard that I was exhausted. There was no day where I was in my apartment for more than maybe eight hours just to sleep. So there's like an, uh, a welcoming with with the rest, and then, and this is the the part that I think is kind of mean, but I like I like my husband, and so I think that people are there are some people that are finding that they don't actually like the people they live with, <laughs> and they're stuck with them, and that's I feel bad for that. I feel bad for anyone who's stuck at home with someone who's who they don't like or someone who won't allow them any space or won't allow them to be themselves, that would stick. Oh, God, that sounds awful. Yeah, I'm very lucky that, that yeah. I, I, my wife and I have discussed this. Like, boy, boy, is it nice that we are, like, getting along and we really we really like mm-hmm. each other. Like that. I mean, yeah. uh, the, the, I had uh, Lucas Connolly was on the show, and he said that he knew mm-hmm. someone – who they had just broken up, like they were re- they were they were living together and they were deciding to split up, and then the quarantine happened. Now they got to stay together, you know. And it was like, oh, that just sounds like a nightmare. I mean, it sounds like a screenplay, but it also sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, that yeah. just you know that does yeah. not sound pleasant at all. 
Um, so yeah, no, I can yeah. totally see that if you're stuck with someone who you who you were. It's like this person's usually out of the house, and they were annoying. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be kind of a nightmare. So, yeah. I love that you know someone else with a parrot that's, that's, that has the – because I, I would have thought that would be totally unique. Like not that you have a parrot, but that you've got one other person plus a parrot. Like that's a, that's a very specific thing. I love that you know someone <laughs> yeah. else that's, that has that exact thing. Um, comedian Joe Pontello, but I think that he has – I don't know where he's quarantined. I know he's married and that they have birds. I have one bird. I know they have more than one bird. Oh, okay. So it's not a direct parallel. They they have multiple birds. Yes, you have a very they cute bird. We birds, we yeah. like your bird. You, Thank you. You have a very good bird. Um, so let so let me ask you, uh, who are some of your favorite comedians? Mm-hmm. Um, I love Bill Burr, and it's just you know I sound really cliche. I love Chris Rock. Um, and I love my friends. Uh, sorry to say that I've been I've been. I love Bill Mulaney, but I, I've been I've been working at watching comedians as well. As I've been home, I'm going through Netflix and just going through the specials, and I'm seeing. So I think that people who are very successful, I've found, in general, um, more conversational in the way they perform, more confidence in the way they perform, and stage presence. And like stage presence, like a rock that's just stuck there and, and, and can't be ignored, right? But I don't see such better joke writing in general. And that, when I say that, I'm not including um, David Tell. I'm not including really big comics that are all respected by all of us. I'm talking about people who just, I don't want to badmouth anyone. I just, I'm more saying that the people in my life have more talent and ability then I think we all realize, and I'm seeing that through watching this, these specials. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with liking your friends. I mean, you know, or think, I mean, because I, one of the things I have found, um, you know, really, really pleasurable about, uh, you know, my last, you know, sort of year and a half plus of doing comedy is like, wow, there's a lot of really good Mm -hmm. comics. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't think I could name a show that I've been to, you know, where I was sitting there and I was like, well, this is no good. Like, you know, it's like these are the people are really good. There's a lot of really talented people out yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but there is a difference in the way they present themselves that I've noticed, which which I have definitely changed in this quarantine, and I feel confident very confident about the way I'm going to reemerge. I want to, I want to say this. I think Mickey Parrish is who drove me to drink because he owns Zoom in a way I have not seen anyone else own who, Zoom. Who, 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 what's the name? His name is Nicky Parrish. He's an L.A. comic. Um, yeah, I was on a show with him. But he's, he's pretty successful. Um, and he owned, he owned the platform Zoom in a way that I have not seen any other comic do. I'd rather I'd rather say nice things about people I know. <laughs> oh sure, yeah no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that's the always nice to say nice things. No, no one's ever going to say you know that person. They're just too nice. They're saying things yeah, that are nice, and I just can't stand it. It's just terrible. It's part of part of it is that like so. My husband's a fan of um, of sports, and I'm like, can you please promote my YouTube videos? I need I need 
you need 100 subscribers to have a real name. I'm trying to put these videos together, whatever. And and I'm like, the, the sports teams don't need you. They don't need you as a fan. I need you as a fan. So I feel that way about my friends as well. We need to We need to promote each other and not let the big guys do what they do. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I have not watched it that, mu- that much in the way of uh, stand-up specials. I feel like I that that was sort of a thing that was on my list. And then, it, like, I haven't even watched Bill Burr's most recent special, and I love him. Mm-hmm. So I just – I got to work that into my day a little more. It, it's just, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing stuff. I'm I'm very busy doing stuff. Well, like it's, for, it's, I do it when I'm in the, it's in the background, so I don't have to pay complete attention to it. I finally saw Jerry Seinfeld's most recent special. And it's, that is, I think, the clearest example of why I don't think this medium is a long-term solution. During his special, I laughed once, out loud. Now, I'm not Jerry Seinfeld's not my favorite comedian, not necessarily the kind of comedy I would choose. But if I was there, I'm sure I would have been laughing the entire time. Right. If I was physically there. Yes. No, I'm sure that's true. But, yeah. Yeah, you're just yeah. more likely to laugh. I mean, that's why, I mean, for God's sake, it's why they pump in a laugh track on on uh, sitcoms. I mean, you're just more likely, yeah. you're more likely to do it if everybody's doing it. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm enjoying One the laugh. challenge of it. I'm enjoying, yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. the pressure to to write and get better. There's there's a reason why I've been doing it for 20 years, and there's a reason why I haven't progressed further than I am. And there's, I feel secure in in the choices I'm making now. I made a lot of bad choices throughout my career. Is that something you want to talk about? I mean, like, like, I don't want to put you on the spot, but. No, no, I don't mind. I had, I had a nervous breakdown and I had to take a long break. I also didn't, I don't think that I worked hard enough as a writer because I relied on my ability to do crowd work. I regret that now. And so it comes back to zoom forcing me to do that. I have 15 new minutes in the past two weeks. That's great. Not, not, yeah, it's not rock star material, but it's 15 new minutes. I never did that before. I never just put together 15 new minutes about something new quickly. And that's through, through like working, like a boxer training. You know, we can do that as comics instead of just bullshitting about it or complaining about the industry. Hmm. I'm also yeah, I guess you can't really complain about the industry right now. Not much to you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything yeah, is everything's on hold. Here. There's not a whole lot of compl- why aren't I getting spots? Why <laughs> why won't this club owner get back to me? Well, right, right, right. kind of a thing going on. The, the other thing I've been doing, and I've I've started doing this since my cousin's passing. Um, I am spending time with people who are fans of mine that I'm fans of. Who being around makes me feel good. And if being around them feels bad or I feel like they're not a fan of mine or I feel like I can't be a fan of theirs, I, t- I don't spend as much time. I'm not, not nice, but I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. Even if it's someone who I think can help my, propel my career forward, if they're not a fan of mine, they're not going to be a fan of mine. It's a waste of time. You said something to me that I thought was so well said and so powerful. It really stayed with me. Is go where it's warm. And that yeah, really, that really you. stuck with me. Thank you. Yeah, no, that it's that really important. got me because 
because it's just it's so easy to apply, you know, and it makes so much sense. Yeah. And I've said it to other people, and they're like, "Oh my God, that's profound! Like that just that really nails it." Because you just you don't want to go yeah. where it's like cold or icky or wet or you know, like why would you want to do that? It's yeah. not fun. It's not pleasant. There's a lot of you've got yeah. a lot of choices in life, you know. Like sometimes you have to be where yeah. it's not warm and okay, but you know, if you right. if you ha- if you can pick. Well, just pick that. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go where it's warm. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be great? Don't we? Like today, it's going to be eighty degrees. You know, like oh, isn't that great? You know, that oh, kind of thing. You go outside so badly. <laughs> I feel bad that I feel bad that you're in a situation where you can't even go for a walk. Like okay. I can at least I haven't been doing it that often because it makes me a little nuts. But mm-hmm. I do. But I can. You know, I'm. I don't know. Are people social distancing? I guess they are. I, I, I'm mm. definitely not getting like dogs humping my leg, and you know what, what you described is definitely not my reality. <laughs> well, when we when when we're done with our podcast, I am going to do my Bollywood workout, which I don't know if that's cultural appropriation, but that's what came up in my feed, and I enjoy it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to put my parrot on the fire escape. Oh, nice. Well, you can do it on the fire likes, escape, yeah, right? Have, like, can't, can't, could, couldn't you on the fire escape? Yeah. Yeah, I can go on the fire escape with her. She's, okay. I've got, like, a little cage that I can – she has, like, a big habitat, but I also have, like, a little cage with a handle that I put her in and so I can bring her places because she can fly. Now, what's, what's the Bollywood workout? It's like dancing, like Bollywood. You know, like like uh, Indian – big-budget Indian movies with right, right. big elaborate costumes and dancers. <laughs> it's like dancing. So it's just like, like, a, da- so it's like a dance workout. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That sounds that so fun. Style. That sounds it's super so fun. fun. It's so yeah, fun. That sounds like I might have to try that. York, check it out. It's called yeah. Zunya. Super fun. Zunya. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's specifically supposed. It's not just dancing. Like it's supposed to raise your heart rate, help you stay in shape, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a cardio, like a ten-minute cardio workout, because that's sort of all my body is willing to stand at this point. But I think if it were like mm-hmm. a dance workout. I might be I might be a little more into that. I've gotten better at it over the over the past few months. I th- this is not my thing. I grew up dancing, but I would prefer to swim. And I finally broke down and bought a yoga mat and bands. I use these bands to sort of reshape my figure, and I I can't get them there at my gym. My gym is closed, so they're finally that stuff's finally on its way. So we're gonna be back out. I want to look good. I have this recurring yeah, I, dream I, every night. I dream that I give myself a really bad haircut. I got your dream that I, I cut all my hair off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow have you have you got have you done a haircut yet? No, no. I asked my husband. He he did his and done it. My hair is super super long, and I don't have good hair for long hair. I would love to have. Big thick hair, like Deanna Troy hair. I would love to have that, but I don't have that. God didn't give me that. I have thin hair, so I need a haircut. But you don't want him to. You don't want him touching it. I want him to. He doesn't want to. Oh, he him. won't. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I let my wife cut my hair, but in the end, there's only so much screwing up you can do with that. Like if it if it really goes badly, we'll just cut it all off. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um. She and she's certainly not letting me touch her hair. She doesn't. Uh. That's that's definitely not a thing that's going to happen. That, too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what I'm not sure. What, she she basically said she's like I'll have long hair. You know that's going to be mm-hmm. um that's going to be a thing. She did, and she did cut yeah. my son's hair. That actually went pretty good. That okay. wasn't too too bad. Yeah. I- 
I think men look good with long hair. So I, if it were up to me, my husband would let his let his hair grow out to his shoulders, but he he doesn't want to. So has he been cutting his, his own hair? His hair's gotten longer. I like it. No. Oh no. oh he oh he so he hasn't great, been cutting it. Long. Okay. Yeah yeah. So now we've got we've got about uh, ten twelve minutes left. Uh, I'd be remiss if we mm-hmm. didn't talk a little bit about Star Trek, which is uh, which is a deep love of yours. Um, now yeah, we've talked. You yeah. and I have talked a lot about Next Generation, but let's talk a little about Voyager mm-hmm. I, because that's definitely okay. one that I don't know a whole a whole lot about. I know that you're really into. I really love Voyager. It gets made fun of because there's there's aspects of it that are not as well done as some of the other series, and it is, you know. Um, Deep Space Nine came out and then Voyager came out right after and, and it was this sort of re-explosion of Star Trek. Voyager is the like the first show that I remember where all the really strong characters were women. Right. Well, that well, obviously that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, it, it made a big impact on me. And I think I've seen most of the series twice. As I said, there are issues with the last season or two. There are these Borg children that come aboard. Now, now Star Trek has part of its formula is there is often a character that has issues with socialization. And in Voyager, that character is Seven of Nine. But she's Borg. She's been um, broken free from the Borg. And then they, they bring in these Borg children and these children are sort of learning with her and it's not well done. And I'm just mm. bringing that up because I want to make it clear. I know it's not well done. I know that part's uncomfortable and I had trouble watching that part of the show. Really? So, I mean, not just but, not well but, done, but actually uncomfortable. I mean, that's, that's sort of a different yeah, yeah. level. For me, for me, okay. for me, when it comes to putting children on, when it comes to putting children on screen or a camera, I, it, it has to be very well done or else it's really uncomfortable for me. Um, so this was that. This is children in situations that made me uncomfortable. But I'm going to challenge myself. I, now, you know I really, really don't like Enterprise, that I think it's not a good show. I don't want to watch it. But I'm going to challenge myself as long as this quarantine is still going on. And I'm going to start watching Star Trek through the timeline of what it is. Of their timeline. So you're going to start with Enterprise. Yeah. Wow. No, it's gonna. It's going to be. I. I don't have this. I think the. I think the first episodes are one of the movies or something like that. But it's. It's like in the order. Like some of it's a crossover. Like the movie um, First Contact. It takes place at different timelines. Oh, but okay. It's probably the first thing. It's probably the first thing because it's when. We we start interacting with Vulcans and the first warp flight uh, coming from Earth. Right. I have I have the list. I just I I didn't know we were gonna. I would have looked at it before if I knew. Oh, we were no, don't worry about it. No, don't be silly. Yeah. Yeah. Figured we'd bring it up. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's that's a that's a lot of watching. Like it's, yeah. like I've watched all There's the like a... original series movies in a row, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, the, to to go like full full on, that's a, that's a real that's that's a daunting task. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was going to do something like that, now's the time. That's it. Okay, that's fair. You but know? so even so, even yeah. the stuff you've seen before, like you're not just going back. Like you're going back. You're gonna you're gonna rewatch. 
I mean, some of the stuff I'm really, really familiar with, I might skip over just because there's no reason reason to. Uh, you know, Next Generation, I've seen most of those episodes five to ten times. Right. So if I don't particularly like the episode, I might skip over it. You know, for example, there's an episode of Next Generation where the doctor is having an affair with a ghost. It's so uncomfortable. It's so bad. I don't need to put myself through that. But, you know, all the episodes with uh, Professor Moriarty, I love those. I've probably seen those 20 times. I'll be happy to watch right. it again. Okay. That's fair. So that's interesting. Voyager, that one of the Voyager's mov- a great show. I think you'd like it. You should give it a shot. Yeah, no, no, no. There's, there's definitely. I mean, I, I know I talk about you know wanting to be busy, but there's also a part of me that would love to just kick back and, you know, and, and dive into some stuff that I hadn't really seen before. I mean, I, I have trouble mm. keeping up with all the new things. Like, I don't, I don't really try. Like, I, like Tiger King, I never, I never bothered with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I, you know, I feel like I'd like to see Seinfeld special. Uh, you know, there are some things that are that are current that I'd like to. Yeah to stay with and uh, or like the Watchmen series. It took me months to get, to get to mm-hmm. that. And that was, that was, um, that was very much worth watching. That was a really, really good mm-hmm. show. Uh, that was very, very cool. But no, I would love to watch yeah. um, Voyager, Voyager. And I mean, there's, there's lots of next generation I've never watched. There's, there's a lot that I have, but there's a, there's a, there, there's large chunks that I've never seen. I'm jealous that, that, that there are that, ones that you've never seen. Yeah. What'd you say? I'm jealous of that. Well, that's why I can't it's fun because the, uh, the like I first saw Measure of a Man just flipping channels, mm-hmm. you know, which and mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, this is a, this is really good. Like I'd never seen this before. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is Star Trek. Like this is the real yeah. deal. Yeah. This is the this is the thoughtful, philosophical. Like this is this is good stuff. This is what this is the meat. Yeah. No, maybe not maybe not the meat because you're yeah. vegan, but you know the, the, <laughs> the protein. This is the protein. This is the good stuff. This is the tasty, tasty morsels that make it Star Trek. Um, and then we're gonna maybe we're gonna maybe get to Discovery, which I am I am curious mm-hmm. about, but I I keep seeing little bits and pieces online, like not necessarily specifics, but they're, they're, they're it's definitely got its detractors. Let's put it that way. Well, Discovery is beautiful. Discovery they put so much money into the way this looks and. I just, just rewatched the entire season, so it's very much on my mind. I love the Klingons. There are a couple of characters in it that are unlike anything else I've ever seen and so much fun. Really good, good villains. And that's important to me. I don't like a simple villain. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like a sympathetic villain that you relate to when you're like, you hate them and understand them at the same time. Well, that's the best. Love to hate, you know. Yeah, yeah. of course. That, yep. Those those are by far the best. Those are always yeah. the best. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. The effects in it and the way it looks is absolutely beautiful. There's a couple of things in it that I have funny feelings about. I would love to hear what you think. Um, you may or may not be aware there is a young Spock in it. I, I am know. aware of that. I no. I have you yeah. know I I have really strong feelings about Spock, so I will be interested to see how I react to that because um, I, I was I, it's funny I was literally just thinking like why do people get so worked up about it and then of course I immediately say well if you're messing mm-hmm. with Spock you know you gotta understand if it's Spock that's gonna be the guy yeah. and you can't mess with Spock and that's because that's kind of how I feel that's my guy 
I have a Mr. Spock coin bank. Yeah. I, you know, I keep it on my desk. Like I, I look at it every day. I just, you know, I love Spock. So the way you feel about Spock, I think, has similarities to the way I feel about Picard. And the only time I'm aware of someone playing Picard, other than there's an episode where there's a young, young, like young teenage Picard, and the movie Nemesis, where there is a clone of Picard played by another actor. These are our extenuating circumstances. There's never been another actor playing Picard in a series. I wouldn't like that. And so I think that Leonard Nimoy's portrayal of Spock has the same impact on people. The actor who plays him in the, in the movies, in the reboot movies, does a great job. And I'm not saying that this actor does a bad job. It's not his fault. To me, it's not his fault. I think he does a good job. It just makes me uncomfortable. And I wish they had done something else. No, Zachary Quinto nailed it. Sarek, yeah. Oh, they have yeah, Sarek too. Ooh, ooh, I feel yeah, very strongly I, I about like Sarek. Sarek in it. Oh, I love yeah, Sarek. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a sitcom based on Star Trek called "Everybody Loves Sarek" because everybody loves Sarek. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. And it's funny because because in some ways he could be like you know he's sort of emotionally unavailable, you know. Mm-hmm. But but somehow mm-hmm. we really respond to him and we really we really you know we sort of give him that paternal you know energy, even though he, you know he, yeah. I don't know that he necessarily earns it. But he he's just he's a great character and and the the, the actor Mark Lennard just really nailed it. Sarek is like have you ever you know when you it, he's like. He's like, you don't know him that well, so you can add, but, and he's sort of blank, you can add in whatever you want. So we like to think of him as being very sympathetic and sensitive underneath his stoic exterior. He might not be. So interesting. He might have just been hot for an earth woman. During his Ponfar, he was just like, I have to have her, got her pregnant, and that was it. But we like to think of him as being more complicated. That's so interesting that because of, because of his blankness, we can sort of put this stuff onto him. That's such that's that's yeah. very insightful. I really yeah. like that, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, because yeah, those Everybody episodes loomed very large for me when I was a kid. Those those Sarek episodes. Yeah. Um, every time he showed up, like it just it really it really popped in my mind. Like those you know because I watching those original series episodes, I was pretty young when I started, and and those are the ones that really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're very, very clued into my heart. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are. It's not just, it, yeah. you know, it's not just those, but the, but him in particular. Um, it's funny because he actually. And then played, he's a really unique. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 we're stepping on each other. He's Sorry. like a, He's an inter, He's an interesting father figure because he will he will push you to cover your emotions and learn to tackle them. You can't really he, know him. He's very distant. Right. No, I think people see... But you see, can mind meld him and know everything. Exactly. Yes, of course. That is true. That it, it, Yes. <laughs> and, and as you say, the hot for an earth woman is a very interesting aspect of it that I think is, you know, I'm sure is explored in various, in various places, but it's something that's, you know, not necessarily explored in the series because it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really be appropriate there. But, you know, like... Why would you do that, man? Like, you know, how would that come? To, how would that come to be if you're so unemotional? You so you so don't care. You go and you just you know you got to have an Earth lady. I mean, come on, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah all right, Sharon, this has been great. This has been super yeah, super fun. Thank you for doing it. Um, I would like to. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the various social medias? 
to the most important things. I'm trying to get 27 more subscribers to my YouTube channel in the next 10 days. So without going ahead and advertising anything, my, my new website's out, simonsayslaugh.com. It's uh, fantastic. I'm really, really proud of it. But please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please, please. I, I, it won't cost you anything. I won't bother you with anything. Just hit that subscribe button. You'll be doing me a solid. Well, your videos are funny. I mean the Thank the cook, the cooking the cooking clean but I okay I I am subscribed. I don't think I was subscribed because I am I pay no attention to my YouTube, but um now Thank I am. You. So uh Thank you. so you need so 26 more. <laughs> so, I need 26 more, yeah. 26 yeah. more. There, so that's there, good. There's a specific reason behind it, which I can if there's time I can tell you it's just, it's a very specific reason behind it. You need 100 subscribers to have a real name on YouTube. The gentleman that I paid to redo my website for me is giving me an extra window of time to make any changes. And so I want to be able to give myself a real YouTube name while he's still willing to make those changes. I know once we're back out and about and I'm in the presence of other people, I can good get reason. more followers quickly. But yeah, That's a good that's reason. Um, all right, this has been great. Thank you so much. Everyone will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. And please stay safe.